Your clothes need a detergent as active as you are. Wynn's sports detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from your workout wearer so it feels, and perhaps more importantly, smells fresh as new. Save 20% off any Wynn products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast based on the Train Like a Mother Club. In this podcast, hosted by me, Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner, we're going to focus on topics related to training. We're going to talk about everything from the best cross-training for running to how to mentally stay in a race to how to optimally nourish your body. Our guests will include Train Like a Mother coaches, a variety of mother runners talking about their athletic feats because we love vicarious racing and training around these parts, and other engaging experts. AMR Trains will come out every other week on Tuesdays. We're recording this one, the first episode, on the 2nd of January, which means most of us, including me, are working on getting back into a healthy groove. I love, and I always need a break, we, do, we all do, um, but reentry can be tough, especially when the break was filled with cookies and wine and other sugary treats. So today we're gonna to tackle a subject that affects our training and our moods, our metabolism, and pretty much everything else. And that topic is sugar. So we're bringing in dietitian Ellie Kempton, MSN, RD, and the expert behind Simply Nourish Like a Mother and Metabolic Reset to help us back away from the Ben and Jerry's and leftover peppermint bark. Welcome, Ellie. Thank you, it's so good to be here. Ah, happy new year. You're coming to us from the mountains, correct? I am. I am. I'm sitting in the snow globe of the Colorado mountains, and you can even hear it in my voice. I'm definitely um, warding off some of the cold that I'm experiencing up here for sure. (laughs) Um, That's okay. Well, thank you for joining us when you're feeling under the weather. Um, So let's talk about, I mean, sugar is such a tricky topic because it's everywhere, right? I mean, it's everywhere. Yes. Everywhere, it almost feels like trickery, right? It's being given as gifts. It's everywhere in the stores. It's almost placed to trip us up. And it's really multifaceted in that we don't just experience sugar cravings upon tasting it. It's really just even the sight of sugar. Am I right? You're right. <laughs> Speaking from experience. <laughs> You're right. Preaching to the choir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's back up first and let's talk about why are sugar cravings so tricky? Like what is the, what's the physiology behind it? Well, yeah. So sugar cravings are tricky in that they affect us at a much deeper level. They involve our neurochemistry. So think hormones like dopamine and serotonin, which we'll get into, but they also, it also affects our hormones and even our guts. And what's tough is with something like sugar, you can't just go online and find answers. There's no Google search that's going to give you the perfect answer to stepping away from sugar. It is a stepwise approach that requires a lot of intentionality and a lot of forethought. And yet it's doable. It's very doable, but it's tricky in that there's no just one quick one-stop shop for taking sugar out of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so, well, and our emotions involved, I mean, or stress. I mean, that's what I, when I think sugar, I immediately like think stress and emotions. I don't think my hormones and my biochemistry, (laughs) which maybe they probably all go together, right? It's a big interlinking chain, isn't it? 
Oh, truly. Oh, truly. But I say all of that more intricate or I give you the intricate detail because I want everyone listening to feel like they're not, it's not a weakness of yours. It's not something that's defective in your biochemistry. It really is a very deep and very intricate process in which we need to understand it before we can approach it in a really sustainable and permanent way. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, so um, can you talk a little bit more about the, um, like, particularly the makeup of sugar these days, because it's not how nature presents it, right? Like nature presents it in fruit or you say it cacao or cocoa. How do you say it? What's the right <laughs> way? Tomato, tomato. Am I right? Yeah. 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 So cacao is the raw version of cocoa is how I understand it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So nature definitely provides us with sugar, right? In certain sweeter things, but not in the way that we have kind of accessorized them and, and made and manufactured them to be. You are exactly right. So we are designed to experience that sweet flavor. I don't demonize that sweetness that you experience in food because there are foods presented in nature like fruit and root vegetables that have that sweet flavor profile and yet they're not addictive because the sugar in those foods are not isolated. So once sugar is isolated, that's when we get into trouble because that really intensified form of sugar combined with something like a really addictive and very delicious fat, that is when our biochemistry, our neurochemistry starts to almost go a little bit haywire. And we are, anytime we're exposed to these foods that have a little bit more processing and you have, again, that isolated sugar combined with other isolated forms of food, we get this rush of serotonin and dopamine. And what we start experiencing is this almost, um, it's a conditioning. We start with that Pavlovian response where when we experience that pleasure and that rush of serotonin and dopamine that's more intensified than you would experience with a more subtle sweet flavor, mm -hmm. then we are wiring our brain to want that pleasurable experience again. So going back to this thought of, you are, nothing's wrong with you if you have a sugar craving. It truly is a wiring of the brain that we experience with more exposure to sugar, more exposure to that pleasurable experience at a deep hormonal level. Well, and, and we talked a little bit prior to this podcast and you were talking about the accessibility of sugar and why that is a problem. Because I mean, our genetics just are not equipped to have sugar and everything from ketchup to salad dressing to M&Ms to carrot cake, right? I mean, it's, it's just everywhere. And so talk, I mean, it, it just sends, like you just said, it sends things haywire, right? That's exactly right. It's, it's a little bit defeating in that way back when our, our ancestors didn't have this access to sugar where now we have to search every label. And if you're like me, you're almost shocked to find sugar in, in, in something that you'd never think of. Like you already mentioned one of them. I think sauces is one of those that's super tricky where you're thinking, okay, a sauce, it doesn't even taste sweet. And yet it's added in. And again, that experience of that isolated sugar gives our body that little baby rush of dopamine. And before you know it, again, having that experience multiple times a day and around the holidays, it, that multiple times is uh, amplified. Then we sure. walk away from the holidays feeling like, okay, wh what is it about these foods that I truly 
don't feel like I even have the human capacity to walk away from. And so that's where I step in and I'm so excited to give a few ideas of what to do. Because if you're like me, you want to just be handed a roadmap. You want to be given, here's exactly what decision to make and what to do in that moment. Because the idea that you see online of just, hey, quit sugar, cold turkey, I don't know, that feels kind of overwhelming to me. Well, it's hard. And the other part that comes in and, and tell me if this is, if I'm making this up or not, but I mean, a lot of it, I feel like is conditioning too. And right. And again, like coming off the holidays, like, you know, it used to be in our house um, or it is most of the time in the year, our house, we don't have dessert unless it's a weekend, right? That's kind of the, the very <laughs> informal and often not enforced rule, but that's, that's the intention, right? Um, but then Christmas comes around and our neighbors bring by cookies and the kids bring home treats from school. And all of a sudden we're having dessert every night after dinner. And all the, and now it's January 2nd. And I mean, these past couple of days, um, I'm coming off vacation and I, you know, definitely indulge myself there. And I'm like, I finished a really satisfying good meal and I'm like, okay, so now, now what's for dessert, right? Instead of, you know, three weeks ago, six weeks ago, I wouldn't have felt that way, but I feel like over time, and it's a brief period of time, I feel like this habit got, gets kind of made pretty quickly. Is there any truth to that? Or is that just me trying to <laughs> make no, up an excuse for, for the cookies that I always feel like I need after dinner these days. No, so much truth to that. And I think everyone on the line is absolutely nodding their heads. I am too in that there's this normalization, right? Of just subtly more and more and more sugar before you know it. It's not necessarily an intelligent craving of your body telling you you need something, but it's more of an mm-hmm. impulse. And those impulses yeah. are so hard to even recognize or catch until the impulse has already been satisfied. So if you're like me, you're already halfway through a post-dinner treat and you're like, wait, who am I? That's not me. Did I even need this? Yeah. And it's not, and and it should be said, I mean, let's put this umbrella over this conversation. Like we're not saying never eat sugar, never eat anything sweet or judging you for, you know, diving into the hurry she kisses at all. It's more that, I mean, I know, and I've talked about it a lot at AMR, like the effect that sugar has on me, right? Especially I tend to go for it when I haven't eaten well. And so I don't have a lot of good stuff in my stomach. And then I'm high as a kite. And then I'm as low as, you know, a cemetery grave, you know, and it's like, it's this this constant roller coaster that, I mean, I know we, I think we all know that is a good to be on, but it's really hard to stop. Um, So I guess I just want to also just put that caveat out there. Like this is not a judgmental podcast at all. It's more the idea that we want to help you kind of take away those crazy highs and lows a little bit, right? Well, exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because we don't want this to be a polarizing conversation where it's black or white. It's either all or nothing. I think my purpose and what I love to do in my practice and the way that I approach nutrition is to put you back in the driver's seat so that if you're eating sugar, that was a choice you made and you Mm -hmm. have the choice also to step away. And that kind of ownership is so empowering and it really does trickle into other areas of your life. And it requires really just that moment of stillness before you make the choice. And I think what I recognize in myself and I see happen over the holidays is that that choice becomes less accessible when I become more impulsive and more reactive around sugar. So sugar is not necessarily the devil. It's an opportunity, a challenge to build more awareness around how reactive we are or maybe how impulsive we are around certain foods. And 
I honestly love a challenge. And I think it's so, it's, it's good for, for me to rise to the occasion. I love empowering everyone around me with some ideas that really work with your biochemistry instead of just putting you into this place of willpower where you yeah. just have to step away and, you know, tie your hands together so that you don't touch it. Right. I Absolutely. want it to be this choice that feels good at a deeper level. Well, so let's, let's talk about how do you transition from the like impulse to intention? So I'm not eating this cookie yeah. because I, you know, because I just finished dinner and that's why I always have a cookie after dinner or four or five or versus yeah, yeah, yeah. I intentionally am picking to have this cookie and sit with my family and enjoy it. Um, right. because they're, they're two very different things. And I think, I mean, it's so easy to go on autopilot. So how do we kind of step away a little bit from that, um, autopilot mode? Yeah. Well, the way I see it is that's three steps and I've seen multiple ways of approaching habit change. And I always like to simplify the process. So there's not a lot to remember. Otherwise it's never going to, it's never going to be a sustainable way. Right. Yeah. Um, so the very first step of my little three step uh, roadmap is really actually simpler. It, it almost sounds too simple to be true, but it is pausing. It's truly pausing long enough to just feel that impulse. Because like I said before, sometimes you're, you've already reacted to the impulse and then you feel like you want to go back in time. But even just feeling that reaction, it's uncomfortable. Don't tell, I'm not going to tell you this is going to be the easiest step, but it's the simplest no. test step in that I encourage everyone who's coming off of sugar to engage in a pause that's at least 90 seconds because science is starting to validate the fact that it's impossible to experience an emotion for more than 90 seconds. So just feeling it is the very first step to knowing what to do next. And so do you just say, okay, I'm, okay, I'm really wanting um, a bowl of ice cream right now, but instead of doing that, I'm going to sit here. I'm just going to stand still for 90 seconds and think about why I want that ice cream or what, I mean, is there a guided, like, a wait, short guided wait, meditation wait. you can give us for that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're like me, you want to keep your hands busy and do something. So I recommend, and this is something that, you know, Dimini, you and I talk about in some of our programs is jotting down what it was that triggered that impulse in the first place? Was it sure. that you opened up a cabinet and there was all the sugary snacks? Or was it that sugar was gifted to you? Or maybe from the emotional side of things, maybe you got a really stressful email and that stressful email, you get up from your chair and you walk into the kitchen and grab a bag of M&Ms and you're halfway through your bag of M&Ms and you're realizing, oh my gosh, that was it. It was the email. So when you jot down what triggered that impulse in the first place, you're going to start seeing patterns quicker than I think you'd maybe expect. You're going to start seeing what patterns of either sight or smell or emotion or stress trigger that impulse around sugar. And that's going to help guide steps two and three. But I think the best place to start, and it'll get easier actually to just sit with it. I know it sounds crazy to be able to just sit with an emotion because we're so trained this time, this day and age to do something. But if you sure. want a pacifier, which I obviously have needed a pacifier, I'm such a busy hands type of person, but having that pacifier to pull out just a scratch piece of paper and jot down what it was before you take action is going to be huge because that's gonna segue beautifully into what you do next. One of the questions we often get asked is, how do I get the stink out of my workout wear? 
We hear you, Mother Runner. After we work up a sweat, our athletic gear can reek, but stink be gone. We found a solution. Wynn Sports Detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from workout wear so it feels and smells fresh as new. The key to Wynn is how it lifts out oils. Let me take you through a bit of science. Wicking fabrics, like the ones most of us run in, attract oils. It's cruel irony that the very properties that allow synthetic fabrics to wick away moisture cause them to attract oils. Adding insult to injury, as bacteria from your skin consume these oils, they create gases which give synthetics that telltale <clears throat> sweaty smell. Win for the win. The active ingredients in win separate oils from synthetics. These oil-removing ingredients aren't found in most supermarket detergents. By removing oils, wind makes your apparel smell and perform like new. This is because in addition to causing odor, these oils impede performance. By removing them, wind makes your apparel wick better and last longer. And it works on any stinky stuff in your laundry. Dimity uses it on her daughter's volleyball pads, and we both use it on the covers of our dog beds. Wind stops stink in its tracks. Starting this month, a 1.5 ounce sample of Win is included in every order from our Mother Runner store. And you can save 20% off any Win products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. So what do we do next? So I've, I've just paused for 90 seconds. I've either written it down or I've, you know, thought about it or I've removed myself a little bit from the situation so I could have a little space. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> what next, yeah, sister? where do we go? Where do we go? <laughs> so step two is about reaching for something, but reaching for an upgraded version of that something. So this is going to require a little bit of preparation. And I'm going to say something that sounds a little bit more... I'd say dramatic than I typically preach, but I'm going to say this time of year, it's going to be so good for your, for your uh, emotions to remove all sugar from the house. Because when you're going into step two, if you have the option to grab sugar or the upgraded version, it's going to be torturous, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be such a harder, uh, kind of choice to make. But what I'm going to encourage everyone to do, and this is really coming from so much research in psychology, is that you want to make your environment an environment that's set up for success. So this time of year, if there's something you want to do, I know there's so many, you know, big nutrition plans going around out there. But I'd say if you want something big to do, remove sugar from the household and replace it. Don't just leave your cupboards bare, replace it with foods that are upgraded versions. So once you've paused because you had that impulse to eat sugar, right? Because we've normalized that impulse. I want you to grab something that serves you. So examples, around the holidays, we stock chips and crackers and cookies. There are so many incredible upgraded versions of those foods made with beans and lentils and legumes and nuts. Like an example that I love is my favorite cracker is Simple Mills crackers. Mm -hmm. And that is a cracker that's made out of almond flour and sea salt and olive oil and rosemary. Coolest crackers ever. I'm still going to get that dopamine rush from reaching for food, but it's going to be an upgraded version of that food. And those upgraded versions don't trigger reactionary responses after eating the sugar. To your point, you said, even after I eat sugar, I feel even more reactive. Am I right? You fly yes. high as a kite oh, yeah. and drop. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. 
and then have a glass of wine with that too. <laughs> you really right. got a nice cocktail, right? Right. Nice right sugary back glass of white wine. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so I'm exactly. what's up? Well, I just wanted to come full circle with this in that when you start pausing and reaching for something, but reaching for something that's an upgrade, food that your body recognizes, you slowly start to rewire your brain. And clients will ask me, okay, well, how long is this going to take? Will I be rewired by the end of the week? And the answer is <laughs> no, absolutely not. But it's a process that pays off in the long term. And every single time you pause and sit with that emotion for up to 90 seconds and then reach for something that serves you back, it's just a little bit more of that rewiring. And before you know it, you're going to start noticing that you don't have to pause as often because you don't have those impulses as often. Yes. Yes. Well, and my really hard um, journal question for you here is what's a what's a cookie upgrade and I actually as I was thinking about this I just thought of an answer that we get in simply nourish like a mother one of the recipes you give out but I'm interested to see what you say first yes okay so we do give an incredible cookie recipe in simply nourish like a mother and I give lists in those programs of upgraded foods but I would say for anybody who just wants who's feeling really inspired by this and wants to run to the store and grab something right away, I would highly recommend this company called Ona, O-N-A. I'm not affiliated okay. with them in any way. I just love them. I love their product. And it basically is almond flour, um, coconut flakes, and some dates and honey. So yes, it's sweet. It is sweet. But those four ingredients are recognizable to your body. They're a far cry from the traditional processed cookies you see on the market. And it takes a lot more, a lot less of that cookie to satisfy you and fill you up. I dare you to overeat Ona cookies. I mean, <laughs> kind of like all the food upgrades I give you. Like I dare you to eat a whole box of a cracker made out of flax seeds. Like you'll spontaneously implode. And so that's the point. <laughs> From one end to the other, I don't know. Yeah, the <laughs> Exactly. So my point is real food satisfies you much more quickly. It's information your body understands. And so it's, much easier to eat intelligently and, and eat intuitively. So going back to our discussion around impulsive versus intelligent cravings, the more you rewire your brain, you'll start craving foods through an intelligent craving because your body is craving things that you've started to give it and it understands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, um, going back to uh, my, the vacation, um, cause that's all I really want to talk about is my vacation. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I went to, to Belize for a week and, um, and that was really fun. And yes, of course I indulged in stuff, but it was interesting because Belize, um, their food does not have as much sugar. Um, it is, I mean, especially their desserts, like they're much, much more subtle. And even like, I, you know, all, all week long, I'm like, we got to go get ice cream. We got to go to ice cream. Like that's the tropical thing that mm -hmm. my family always does. And I got, um, Grant got chocolate and I got, um, peppermint patty, but they were both so much, um, they, they just weren't over sugary, you know, like mm -hmm. they were definitely very tasty and very satisfying, but it didn't have that. Oh my gosh. You know, I, I often think of, um, oh gosh, what's the one that um, the ice cream chain that is, oh, Stone Cold Creamery. I mean, I walk oh, out of there yeah. and I feel like I'm like sweating sugar <laughs> you know, yes. after I have one yes. in a cone. And then nothing, but you know, like it's just, it's really interesting. And I feel like 
you know, my taste buds could have definitely gotten used to that if I hadn't, you know, only been there for a week. Right. Um, and so I do like, it's just, it's a nice kind of testimony, I guess, to that you can redo it. And even though I was still indulging, I could feel a difference in, and I could Mm -hmm. taste a difference. That's the other thing that, um, I think is important to mention is when you make these changes, these upgrades, and um, we've seen it in your programs, we've seen it like thousands of times with Simply Nourish, like a mother and metabolic reset about, you know, it's, it's never like a certain amount of days, but at some point in the program, we get comments like, oh my gosh, what have you done to me? My favorite frozen yogurt now just tastes <laughs> like acid almost, right? Or, I'm you know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this other one, I mean, I have one in front of me um, from Elizabeth who just went through, she said, um, she just had a baby. She said that since being pregnant and postpartum, I've had a terrible sweet tooth, but tonight I had roasted butternut squash with a drizzle of maple syrup and butter. And it tasted almost like candy. I haven't mm. been tempted to sneak my favorite ba- sneak to my favorite bakery for weeks. I'm amazed. I and I, and I, and I didn't tell them to not eat sugar. I no, never tell them the not to eat sugar. No, yeah. talk about, talk about how the process of, of how this comes about. <laughs> so really the program takes everyone through this journey in a really stepwise intentional way where foods again are upgraded. So I talk about that throughout every program I run because I, I don't like labeling foods as bad or good. I just think, again, that's that polarization of food that I, I stay away from. But I crowd out higher sugar foods with foods that decrease inflammation in the body. And with that decrease in inflammation, you taste things with so much more acuity. And it's unbelievable how you start to befriend these foods that maybe didn't used to be a food friend of yours. And you, again, start craving them. Like who knew that bell peppers were craveable? But by the end of the program, we have these women saying bell peppers taste it's like an explosion of flavor. It's crispy. It's just juicy. And it's so fun to listen to this because nature intends for us to crave food in that way. But that normalization of this more concentrated sugar is our problem. And so it's so fun to watch this just organic evolution where women walk out of the program. And I know my conscience is so clear that these women are set up for a lifetime of this. I didn't just change them in the eight weeks that we were in the program or in the 12 weeks that we were in the program. I know without a shadow of a doubt that they've learned a skill set and maybe experienced or tasted something that they will crave for the rest of their lives, which is this whole food approach to, to nutrition. And, and I love that. It's, it's very cool to watch. Um, and since we're talking whole food, um, I and because it is um, right at the turn of the year when most of us are looking to increase our health or improve our health. Um, a lot of no carb diets come up. Um, and I just, I'm curious, just as your perspective as a dietitian, you know, if they have any place in some, in a, you know, an athletic female's life, um, cutting back on carbs or totally eliminating them. Yeah. So my answer is not going to be as sexy as some of those more dramatic approaches to nutrition out there, but truthfully, I don't, I am a huge fan actually of carbs and I don't take them out of the equation because carbs play such a big role in nourishing our athleticism, but also they're a big source of fuel to our muscles and our brain, but the quality and the timing of the carbs are what are most important. So I'm really, um, 
I'd say strategic about where exactly the carbs come from. And I give all my, my program participants a really beautiful list of what I recommend as well as when to eat them. And that is half of the equation because the timing of the carbs makes such a big difference. So over the course of Simply Nourish Like a Mother, which is the eight week foundational program, women walk through that and understand exactly when to bring them in, in a way that feels really they feel really confident about it because they think carbs are such a loaded topic as are fats. So women walk into the program feeling so ready and, and feel like they can embrace this approach to carbs instead of feeling like they're tiptoeing around them in any capacity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, your, your body compensates when you take away carbs, right? You can't, Absolutely. I mean, they are, they're, they're grown in the ground for a reason, right? We, we need them, right? We do. We do. It's funny because it does that compensation doesn't show up right away, but it definitely shows up in some way, whether it turns up as insomnia or lethargy or poor thyroid function. And I'm, I'm a scientist at heart. I love the biochemistry of nutrition and I geek out on it. When anybody lets me talk about the science of nutrition, I just go full force. But it, throughout the programs, I definitely talk about the science of where where carbs play a role so that no body coming out of my programs are compensating for any deficiency. So um, before we talk a little bit more about the programs, I'll give you the details in a second, but I'm curious, what, what are you, um, so you're in, in the mountains in Colorado among the snow. Do you have a dessert plan for tonight or some sweet treats? Uh, so I'm a dork. I am so old school. My biggest sweet treats that I actually fully preach from the hilltops is I make hot chocolate at night. Um, hot chocolate is some, uh, it was kind of a staple when I was a little girl. And here's my trick. I make it with raw cacao, raw cacao powder. So we were talking about cacao earlier. So it's kind of bitter. And I, um, add in some, I really am of course on the whole like oat milk fad, right? It's who isn't, I love oat milk. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not an oat milk fad, but that's okay. I'm glad you are. Oh, I'm glad one of us is trendy. I am going to pull you onto the oat milk fad. Next time you're in my office, I'm going to serve you an oat milk latte and you're going to die. It's so fun. Does it, does it foam up? Does oat milk foam up? It does. It, it does. does. Okay. And that's what's so fun. I feel like I'm living my best life when I pour like an oat milk little latte. Um, you and Oprah with your oat milk lattes <laughs> living your best Whatever. life. I love it. <laughs> Who knew that? All right, so you make it with with raw yeah. cacao and oat. Do you put yeah. anything sweet in it? I do. I sweeten it with honey. Yeah. So okay. I am. So I do add. You know, here we go. So here is some sweetness, but I know for a fact that the honey that I'm putting in, or sometimes I'll put in date syrup, which I really like, or even um, coconut crystals are sweet. And I know that a I'm in control of how much is being added. And B, it's information, again, that my body recognizes. So is it a form of sugar? Yes, absolutely. Just like sweet potatoes offer the body a form of sugar. But I love the fact that it's paired with a really bitter food like chocolate. And it's funny how little bits give you that punch of satisfaction. So in sure. Metabolic Reset, actually, one of the, the recipes that I know you've heard a, a lot about is called um, Craving Crusher Cocoa. And so the women who have gone through Reset uh, rave about this cocoa. And it's basically the one that I make in the mountains. So I definitely bring sweet treats and I, I treat myself just as much as anybody else. I definitely do not try to live this nutrition life of deprivation. I really do indulge, but again, my approach is to indulge in a way where I'm in the driver's seat and I chose it. And then I can slow down and mindfully savor it. 
Love that. Well, and the other thing that you say a lot in your programs, which I um, often tell my kids, <laughs> whether or not they listen, we'll see, but um, verdict is out. But you talk about as far as, as treats go, you know, in quotation marks, you know, if you make it yourself, it's a little bit, uh, it's a better choice than something that's coming from a store, right? So, I mean, even like my kids eat pumpkin muffins still. I've, if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that that was like their um, lunch for a long time because they went for a nut-free school. Um, but I mean, I brought the amount of sugar in that down so far. So now, I mean, I put in probably, gosh, a fourth of what they call for. And my kids don't know the difference. Like they, they don't know, you know? Um, so yeah. I love like you're talking that just made, when you said, you know, I'm in control of how much I put in, that made me feel like, oh, it kind of tripped that memory for me of, yeah, I often adjust recipes just a little bit. I mean, I'm, again, we're not talking, we're not take, we're not going full slate, no sugar, but just knowing that you've brought it down is, um, is just a, kind of a, a confident place to come from. For sure. And being creative. I love what you said about just tweaking things because when you read a recipe, just because it calls for a half cup of sugar, you can do maybe a quarter cup of maple syrup and then half a banana. You can do really creative things. In some of the programs, I'll throw in even say pumpkin to sweeten things sure. a little bit. Um, applesauce is a great one. But there's so many creative ways that you can expose the body to nutrients it understands and it will it will respond so beautifully. And it's almost like you're unlocking this potential that you have that you didn't even know it was possible to kind of eat that mindfully. Because when I was going through school, I, I almost thought of like mindful eating and intuitive eating as something that I would maybe learn someday. But really, I started to experience it when I started eating real food because it's as though my body just it, it understands what you're trying to tell it. And that's when you start living in sync with your body. And that's when you start to just love what you're seeing and love seeing your body come alive. Yes. Yes. As an Oprah would say, of course. <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, so both of your programs um, are Simply Nourish Like a Mother and Metabolic Reset start on January 13th, which is, um, you know, kind of the middle of the month on a Monday, giving you a little time to to get back into the routine of things. Um, Simply Nourished, as Ellie said, is kind of the foundational program. It's eight weeks um, and it lays the foundation for more energy. Um, and you know, it helps you um, learn to eat for energy instead of emotions. You'll learn to, um, about how your body digests different macronutrients. And so why you should eat food in a specific order, as she talked about. Um, you'll taste food in a different way. Um, healthy, healing, easy, nourishing. Um, so fun and really like the group that goes through it, it, it lends a lot to itself. Both, both, both programs do because they're a group because everybody has these aha moments and they share them and they come around and around and they just, everybody kind of chimes in and maybe has a different experience, but they all kind of feed on each other. It's, it's just so fun to see. It's, it's great. Um, and so if you're thinking about just looking for, um, I just wanted to overhaul. I don't need to, you know, lose a lot of weight. I don't want to, you know, do anything too drastic. Simply Nourish is a great place to start. Um, metabolic Reset, Ellie, you want to talk a little bit about that? That also starts on January 13th. Yeah. So Metabolic Reset is a sequel to Simply Nourish Like a Mother because that eight-week program really is the foundation. It's what I teach to everybody who comes into my care right off the bat because it really does teach you what to eat, when to eat, how to eat. It's the foundation. And then if you're looking for a more targeted approach to weight loss in a way that you can 
sustain it on your own permanently, that's where metabolic reset comes in. And metabolic reset is designed to speak the language of your body. Going back to what I said about the science of the body, there's no such thing as a broken metabolism. Usually they are just confused metabolisms and it's been given our metabolisms. If you're feeling like your weight is just stuck or your weight is yo-yoing and you just don't know what to do, don't know how to eat. And the conflicting messages online are just, you're, you're over it. Metabolic reset comes in and turns you into the scientists in a very simple way, understanding what information to give to the body so that it clicks into place and the metabolism is challenged in all the best ways. So I take the metabolism through what I like to call a metabolic jungle gym and I teach <laughs> it to, to rise to the occasion. And, sure. and the approach I give is truly an approach, again, going back to my, my philosophy around nutrition it's an approach that I know wholeheartedly every single woman walking out can sustain on their own uh, for the rest of their lives. And I wouldn't teach it any other way. So I'm always tweaking and refining my approach as, as um, research comes up with anything new that can validate even just the slightest variation. But it is so fun to watch women, again, just come back to life through that program. It's, it's brilliant. I love it. And here's a small testimonial from somebody who went through um, this fall. She said, um, I feel like my diet was pretty good before, but it was always just that, a diet, always feeling restrictive and tough to follow. Now I feel like I'm not hungry and I love carbs so much, <laughs> going back to our conversation before. <laughs> she said, last swim, the master swim coach who admittedly terrifies me, um, she helps a lot, but she's not like cuddly. She said to me, holy cow, you are looking lean and focused. I think it was the best compliment of my life. She says, I still have some weight to go, but I'm still, but I'm feeling so much more confident and strong and not hangry anymore. Mm. And I just, I think that that's such a testimonial to what, what happens, right? Because it's, again, it's, it's not a quick fix and it's not something where you're starving or counting calories or anything like that. It is a true transformation of your metabolism. And um, as someone who gets to be your co-pilot and watch these women go through it, it's, it's really fun. So I'm excited to start them both on the 13th. If you are interested in, in seeing more information about them, you can find both program links in the podcast notes, um, as well as on the Train Like a Mother um, Club website, which is trainlikeamother.club. Um, and we will see you in two weeks for another AMR Trains. Ellie, thank you for being our inaugural guest and for um, giving us some insight into sugar. Of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. What a great conversation. Mm -hmm.